Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Cricket Ultras. This is Arun Sudhaman. Joining me as always from Shanghai, Darren Burns. Darren, don't wave at me, okay? <laughs> I won't wave at you and I won't ask you to shove anything up your proverbial. Um, <laughs> Arun, not today, not today anyway. Don't tell me from behind to go fast. That's quite a euphemism, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it really is. Um, probably best left there, to be honest. Let's not really unpack that any further. <laughs> well, we should probably at least let our listeners know what we're referring to in case they're not aware, because they could be very, very alarmed by this conversation <laughs> otherwise. They could be. <laughs> so uh, anyone that isn't aware, we are, of course, referring to the infamous argument between Ishant Sharma and Ravindra Jadeja caught on the stump mics where um, Ishant and Jadeja start shouting at each other in Hindi. I think it loses something in translation. I hope it did. <laughs> There's a lot of talk about Ishant. Ishant basically telling Jadeja to stop waving at him and then telling him, don't show me your anger. I will take your anger and shove it up your ass. And I think he also said, don't talk bullshit. Yeah, Jadeja then said, don't give me this bullshit. And Ishant said, you also don't talk to me. It's kind of Shakespearean. I think it was really the match of the stump mics, wasn't it? There was a lot of stuff caught in the stump mics that made it really great great for the viewer. It had a lot of spark to the test. Um, but yeah, the best sledging, well, the most heated sledging was between the Indian players, much more so than between the Australian and India players. A lot of finger pointing, a lot of shouting, a lot of up in each other's faces there. There's some great photos and you can see the video on online. It's uh, pretty amazing stuff. Yeah, the, the stump mics have come in for a lot of scrutiny. Um, they sure have. Because they capture everything, including, of course, uh, Virat Kohli's, I guess, exchanges with Tim Payne, or, or, or maybe that's the wrong way around. I think Tim Payne was, it was, was very smart, I felt, in the way that he played Kohli to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I was not aware of this aspect of Tim Payne's character. Is this, is this, really, is this the kind of person he is, Darren? Well, I think every, every, every Australian cricketer sledges in some way. Um, so, so the line, what I thought is very interesting, I think after Tim Payne took over as captain, after the whole Newlands debacle, I think the Australian players weren't sure what to do and how to, how to behave on the field. And I think Tim Payne, sort of surprisingly taking over the captaincy, was trying to lead from the front. But I, I think in the first few tests, he, he wasn't really sure how they should play and you know how, how they could kind of um, compete on the field. And I think he's really claimed that in, in this game. So I think he's, he's trying to draw the line himself now. Um, and he's kind of led the, led the march towards the line. And so people sort of know where the line is. I, I think what is very important about Tim Payne's chirps was that they were, for the main, pretty, pretty well-intentioned, pretty good-natured, I'd say. They were, they were no, there was nothing caustic or awfully personal. There, were, there was no swearing or, or stuff like that. I thought that he was quite calm and quite sharp. Um, and, and it Agreed. seemed to get under Collie's skin a little bit. And I think some of the things that were said you can't hear on the stump microphone, I, I think there are other things said, um, but you can't hear those. But it all seemed reasonably within the boundary lines for sure. Yeah, I had no real problems with Tim Payne. I thought um, he got the better of the exchanges. The, the only one I, I didn't really like was was when he mentioned to uh, to, to Murali Vijay, Vijay. <laughs> he said, I know, I know he's your captain, 
but you can't like the bloke. I like the way he said he said his name too. He said, Murley, you can't honestly like the guy. I know he's your captain, but you can't like him as a bloke. And maybe, like, I just want, because, you know, on reflection, I, I just wonder if Tim Payne overheard Murley and, and Coley talking, perhaps, and maybe Coley was laying the law out to him or something um, and trying to get under his skin that way by, you know, sort of questioning um, Coley's captaincy. So I thought it was quite sharp. There was nothing really that bad about it, right? Very manipulative, Tim yeah. Payne. Although I think he should he should be careful about questioning how well-liked a team's captain is, given that, you know, this is the same team that had Michael Clark as a captain for this is a, a very This is a new time. era, Arun. <laughs> but you got the memo? <laughs> Come on, it's a new era. It's, sorry, you're going, right. Elite honesty. Back, it's sort of going back to old school Australian chirping and sledging, um, where it's, meant, it's more witty, witty and there's a bit of comedy there versus being very caustic and very, you know, Yeah, personal. stupid. Yeah. Um, yeah, although... So and and what do we make of I mean just the the sh the level of scrutiny on Virat Kohli now it's um it's kind of unbelievable really because I, I do always find it amusing when you see the ex Australian cricketers um, going on about what is or isn't acceptable yeah um and, but everyone's piling in and I think Kohli has to be a lot smarter yeah about how he's conducting himself I mean he reminds me a little bit on the field of Steve Smith he's obviously a at a different level, but he, he does show everything in, in his demeanor and how he responds to everything, whether it's a, a bad ball or whether it's an, a wicket, he really carries on like a screaming banshee to borrow that Irish legend. Um, like a pork chop. Yeah, he carries on like a pork chop. chop. Um, but I think they have a sort of camera on him the whole time now because it's just good entertainment. So, so people like to watch how he's reacting and what he's saying to his players. And I think the scrutiny comes. Um, and I and I also understand that in India too, it hasn't been that popular with some of the, some former kind of well current actors coming out and saying that he's behaving like a like a pork chop indeed. But I think it's also because they lost. Um, maybe if they won the game, then then Tim Payne would have looked like a pork chop, <laughs> right? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think at, you know the, the scrutiny is at its peak in Australia, and we've seen this happen so many times, right? When. Um, when teams tour Australia, the media, the, the commentators will go after the opposing team's captain. Um, and I think Coley just has to be a lot smarter about it because I think he can handle the scrutiny, but I'm not sure the team particularly enjoys it. Um, and it does look to a certain extent like Coley is being outwitted, uh, almost at his own game in a certain way, by Tim Payne. Because I think Tim Payne is very cool, he's calm, he's controlled. Yeah. He's, he's calculated. And better captains don't really get angry. Yeah. They don't really lose control. For them, aggression is not a strategy. I think it's a tactic. So, yeah. so they may look like they're losing control, but they're not really losing control. But with Kohli, you know that he really is angry. He's, he's, he wears his heart on his sleeve. All his emotions are real. And I don't think that's a, that's a very smart way to captain a team. Yeah. I just wonder if it I mean, a lot of the Indian players are quite mild-mannered kind of guys, right? And I, I, I wonder if that whole histrionics rubs off on them in the wrong way. It maybe adds more tension and they're, they're feeling even more nervous. Um, maybe he, re, you know, he, he, he thrives on it perhaps and enjoys it, but I'm not sure if that's really you know, great for the team. But let's see. I mean, they could end up winning 3-1 and then we'll be, we'll be looking like pork chops. But let's see how it goes in the next test. I guess on the flip side... 
um, he kind of attracts all the criticism and scrutiny. So maybe it, it deflects it away from other members of the team. Perhaps. So that's one thing. But it's interesting because, you know, when, when India were touring South Africa and England, um, you know, Kohli actually seemed to have reined himself in a little bit. There was much less talk about his behavior. Uh, but it's kind of exploded now in Australia. All the talk after the, the Perth test, um, you know, a very good test match, was really all about Kohli's behavior, not even about his sledging, more, much more about his yeah. his celebrations, his antics in the field. I mean, there was there was a period when, in the, in the Australian second innings, really frustrating last wicket stand, um, which kind of helped helped Australia win the match. wasn't pivotal in the final analysis. Right. Um, but they added 30 or 40 runs. And Kohli just was, he was kind of visibly upset, shaking his head, somewhat d- detached as well, almost as if he was saying, well, this is kind of not my problem anymore. And I, I don't think that's, that cannot, cannot make his players feel good. Yeah, I just also, I think those wicked celebrations, I, I've never seen him so animated or histrionic. Um, I think it's a different level this series. Um, yeah, it as, could be. As could you remember, be. Last, the last series in India was quite a feisty series, wasn't it, between, between the two? Um, the one that India won 2-1, uh, and Australia, Australia competed quite well. That was unpleasant, I felt. We haven't got there in this one. Yeah. Um, but I think you might be right about the histrionics. I mean, and I think it's worth bearing in mind that, you know, Kohli has previous in Australia, right? On his first tour, he gave the crowd the finger. <laughs> I'm sure. Making a lot of touring cricketers who've ever played in Australia very happy. Um <laughs> And then he said that none of the Australians would ever be his friends. Yeah. But then he admitted recently in an interview that David Warner was his friend. Um, so, so it's hard to know what to believe, isn't it? Really? I can't imagine they're really friends. I'm sorry. I just can't see it. Maybe Tim Payne is upset he's not in this, this little group of friends. He feels left out. Tim Payne's probably not elite enough for him. You've got to be in the, you've got to be in the top 10. Uh, and Warner and Smith are still in the top 10. Let's talk about the match which was probably most notable for the fact that India decided yeah. in what must rank as its, its worst selectorial decision of the year, and there have been several yeah. to choose from. It's a, it's a high bar. They decided to leave out their top-ranked bowler in uh, Ravi Jadeja because their second-ranked bowler, Ravi Ashwin, mm. was injured. Yeah. Rather than picking a spinner, which would have made 100% sense and, and is the obvious thing to do, they went with four paces. They saw the, the grass. And again, I feel this is part of this whole, let's just be aggressive. Yeah. You know, Shastri, Kohli, the, the brain's trust. And I use that phrase in the, in the loosest definition. With inverted commas. Um, yeah. I mean, I, it's just a staggering decision. They saw some grass on the pitch and they thought, oh, let's, loose, let's let loose a four pace bowlers. I mean, just... Crazy decision, Darren. Yeah, I think hubris leads to nemesis, doesn't it? I, I, I think maybe they're, they're drinking their own Kool-Aid by, by reading all the press about how great their, their bowling attack is. And let's be honest, it's, 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 not, it's probably the same as Australia or it's a bit less. Um, and if they'd done any research whatsoever on that pitch this year, um, Nathan Lyon, I think, took seven wickets in, in a first-class match before this test match there. So obviously, you know, he bowled okay in that. And I, I thought... Um, uh, the part-timer. Um, Anima Vihari. Vihari, yeah. He actually looked okay um, as a part-time spinner. So if you imagine if they'd have Ravi Jadeja in there. Um, I also, I also was surprised. Deep. Yeah, or Deep Yadav, who the Australians hate to face. I was also a bit surprised that they picked Yadav um, 
yeah. over one of the yeah. other options. I think you got that right. I think you, you, you called that one right before the match. I think um, Riyadov had a poor match. I think you can't really play him in the same team as Shami yeah. anyway because they're, they're too similar and, and Shami is, is clearly a better bowler and bowled well. You know, Shami had a great match, you know, picking up six wickets. He looked really good. Great match, great press conference too. Yeah. Let's not forget, he looked cool as a cucumber. He was really he? cool. He was asked, asked about the sledging. Doesn't seem to bother him at all. Yeah. Maybe he can't understand <laughs> it. <laughs> I don't think he understands it. Um, well, that's true. His English is not, is not spectacular. But yeah, in stark contrast to Coley, right? He seems sort of cool, calm and collected, right? Yeah, I'd love to hear him on the stump mic if he was sledging maybe some of the Indian players. That would be interesting. <laughs> uh, the other problem, of course, with picking um, Umesh Yadav is uh, it meant that India went in with what was clearly their worst, um, their worst tail end yes. batting lineup, I feel. I mean, that was just shockingly bad. 8 to 11 were all number 11s. They were. And the benefit of picking Bhuvneshwar Kumar is you have a decent batsman at number 8. Yeah. Um, so some problems for India, self-inflicted, you could argue, but Australia did everything that was expected of them. India, I think, lost the match in the first innings. Australia won it in their first innings. They batted um, well to reach 326, which I think was always going to be too much on a pitch, Darren, that was quite brutal. I think the pitch rating to the ICC was average. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's upset a lot of the commentators, I, I think it was a result wicket. It was a tough wicket. There was a bit of up and down bounce. Some of them shot through. I remember, um, you know, a ball shooting through to to Paddy, um, and then some some balls taking off, especially in that second inning. So it was a good result wicket. Um, but you could say, you know, Coley scored a hundred on that wicket. There were a couple of seventy odds. Some people could bat. Um, there was a bit for Nathan Lyon, a bit of bounce there, uh, and some pace. So it was a pretty good cricket wicket. I mean, you want something that's going to have a result. Um, and I think this was a good wicket. Yeah, superb performance by Nathan Lyon. We should not overlook. He bowled really well. Uh, in, in many respects, I think he was the difference between the two teams. And I think he deserved it because he bowled really well in Adelaide as well and didn't get much reward. Um, but here he, he did pick up the wickets. Uh, Coley's century, as you mentioned, masterful. Possibly his best ever, I think. I mean, he, he wouldn't say so because he... Yeah. He, he always says that when, when it's in a losing cause, he doesn't believe centuries rank as highly. But I'd probably put this above his, um, his twin centuries in Adelaide in 2014 yeah. and his, uh, his Edge-Baston century. On a, on a much tougher wicket too. I mean, this, this was not an easy wicket and he really stuck it out and admirably. Um, I was also impressed by Rahani again. Um, does well in Australia. You know, he scored a 50 and a 30, I think. Uh, he's looking pretty good. But, but it's sort of like the story, there's no beginning and no end. Um, the, the middle is good. <laughs> the middle is good for, for <laughs> India, but the top end is pretty poor and, and the tail was shockingly bad. Um, thought, so it's really, I thought you were talking about life then, but yes, go on. I was talking about my life, actually. Do, should I talk about that? <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, just, I just think they got the, all the selections wrong. You know, the, the, the real turning point, I think, was that there's that 114 opening stand um, in the first dig between Harris and, um, and Finch. Um, it was tough going. They, they played and missed a lot. Um, there were balls taking off here and there. They were a bit lucky, but they managed to get through to after lunch, and that kind of set them up for the match, really. Yeah, I think India bowled better as the day progressed, but the first hour they were off the mark. I mean, their pace was really down. Ishan Sharma was bowling yeah. at medium pace that first hour. 
I, they look tired. Maybe, maybe they should have gone to the nets. Yeah, they should have gone to the nets. To hell with the nets, Ravi Shastri's sage pearls of wisdom again. Say, sage pearls of wisdom. Um, yeah, so a lot of questions actually now for India as they move into the third test, of course, the showpiece event, uh, the Boxing Day test in Melbourne. Mm. Um, KL Rahul, I suggest, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I think he might get dropped. Big, Big call. call. There's only so many ways you can get bold. Yeah, he's become a bit before. of a social media meme, hasn't he? At the moment, poor old Kale Yeah, I, I, feel, I feel a bit sorry for, for the guy because he's a very good batsman, but he's clearly in an awful run of form and he's getting bold yeah. for fun at yeah. the moment. And you can see the technical flaw. It's really clear, even for, for you know, armchair critics like you and me, I, I, I suspect it's kind of clear he's, he's overbalancing and, and the ball that comes back in is yeah. bowling him through the gate uh, every time. So yeah. I'm expecting him to be dropped. They've called up Mayank Agarwal, who's another South Indian um, from Bangalore. Uh, has a has a very good domestic record, but it's going to be very tough for him. Anyone making their debut in Australia, I mean, it's it's not easy at all. Uh, and then, of course, Murali Vijay is, is also not playing particularly well. Mm. Uh, question mark. Some people are suggesting maybe Hanuma Vihari will be promoted to open at his expense. Really? Does um, he does he open in India in, in first class cricket? No, but you know, this is the way Indian cricket works. Whenever a batsman does well and he's quite young doesn't have much say they just stick him in as an opener it used to happen to vvs lakshman <laughs> and he just basically refused that's why he couldn't get in the team for so long crazy what a great player he was he one was. of the best batsmen in the world they, they kept trying to get make him into an opener wouldn't they kill for another vvs lakshman right now in australia um well it's like finch any right? team finch but... doesn't even open for his state side um finch bats in the but middle he knows order. the conditions at least he, you know he's he, he knows what you know he he you know on australian conditions at least you can say Aaron Finch is very experienced, but you're right, he's not an opener. Neither is Vihari. Um, the other option is they may they may ask Pujara to open. Really? This... Yeah, they've, they've done that before with success, actually. Um, but yeah, he's, mm. he's actually, he actually is, is okay as an opener. He's, he's, he's all right. He's not, I mean, he's, he's a better number three, I think. Mm. But actually the big problem if they ask Pujara to open is, well, then who bats number three? Well, because the the king is not moving up. King Coley refuses, right? <laughs> yeah. What do they call him? He's they, not. They call moving. him the ten for two, right? He's always coming in at ten for two anyway, so he may as well open the batting. Maybe you put Coley and Pajara up the front. Um, yeah. And just I don't know who would bat at number with, three. Load it with all rounders. <laughs> because you know who they would love to make into a number three would be Rohit Sharma. That's their dream. That would be their dream. Uh, that would be their dream, but that's that's that cannot happen. Um, and then, uh, as you are no doubt aware, Hardik Pandya yes. has been, he's been flown out on an emergency flight great for the, from India. Great for the ego. Um, he's just been airdropped yeah, over air-dropped. Melbourne he, in a parachute. <laughs> he'll be loving that. Um, and he's a great competitor. He, he might do okay. So I guess the question really is about this pitch at the MCG. So, there, you know, I think last... Last summer, there were no results in any first-class cricket matches on that pitch. This summer, there's been two draws, and there was one that would have been a result, but it was rained out on the final day. So that was Victoria versus South Australia. So the new groundsman has come over from the WACA. I'm not sure if you knew that. So he is trying to grasp the pitch up a little bit 
Um, I suspect there could be a bit of seam um, and movement on the first day, potentially. I'm not sure if it'll carry on all the way through the test, but the guys from the last match said, the Victoria South Australia game said it was actually um, something for the bowlers the whole four days. Um, so that's good. So hopefully there's a result wicket there. Well, whatever there is, the brain's trust will misread it. Yeah. No doubt. And um, they'll go in with three spinners or something uh, on a green top. I actually think that might not be a bad idea. I think three spinners <laughs> against Australia with one seamer and Hardik Pandya wouldn't be bad. It's, I mean, it's actually a really good point and, and brings us back to the, the fallacy of picking four, four pace bowlers. Um, there are so many reasons why any cricket team should always have a spinner. I mean, it's variety. Um, it's very rare to, to find a pitch where a spinner won't get something, something out of... A good spinner, uh, yeah, spe- exactly. Good spinner, keeps the over rate up. And India has good spinners. This is India. Right. This isn't the West Indies where for, for 15 years, you know, they had so many amazing pace bowlers and their best spinner was Roger Harper. You know, this is India. They have, well, they have Ravi Ashwin. <laughs> right, Larry exactly. Gomes. Larry Gomes is pretty good. Yeah. They, they have... Um, they have Ravi Ashwin, who, when he's injured, they've got Ravindra Jadeja, who's ranked higher than Ravi Ashwin. And not only is he, a, a, you know, an above average spinner, he's an electric fielder and a decent batsman. You know, he's a, he's a really all-round cricketer. Um, the rock star. And then they've got... A shame one called him. Yeah, he's got quite an ego as well. Yeah, he's he a four-in-one, yeah. not just a trifecta. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then you've got Kuldeep Yadav. He's who, a 360 cricketer, you know, as they say. <laughs> He's he's a he's four dimensional. Yeah. Um, then you've got Kuldeep Yadav, who's brings an element of mystery um, and and is always a handful. Bowled bowled very well against Australia in, in the last Test series in India. Um, just a crazy decision. I, I I hope Ashwin is fit for Melbourne. Yeah, so do I. Um, pretty sure though, ruled out for the whole series. Yeah, it's a real pity. So he's an absolute gun. But but we didn't really talk about Bumrah, did we? And he, he's really grown and grown, hasn't he? he he's he was great in Perth, Bumrah. And he was great in Adelaide as well. He's a great bowler. It's amazing to think that he made his test debut, what is it, like, is it just in the last year? Um, certainly played his first overseas test. Certainly played his first overseas test in South Africa, which was 2018. And in the space of less than a year, he has become the leader of the Indian bowling team. He has. Attack. And he's it's, doing, it's remarkable. Doing a great job. Yeah. Yeah, he and he's a young man still. Um, seems very intelligent in the way that he can adjust his lengths um, depending on 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 the wicket. Um, so yeah, he if he stays fit, you know, it's it's great for India because they can build a, a bowling attack around him. So are you still t- are you still sticking with two two? I am actually. Yeah, I am. I think um, I think India have got enough to win one more Test match. Mm. Um, but I do think the momentum has shifted slightly. I think um, Usman Khawaja coming back into some form, Darren. I mean, you must be happy about that. Do you think that will 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 persist? Yeah. Look, I think it's still. They showed a lot of fight in Perth. I still, I still think it's a pretty brittle um, top six. So you know, I think I called two one India, um, assuming the Melbourne Test would be a draw. I'm not sure about that anymore. But yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, it's it's a great summer of cricket in Australia because. Normally, this, at this stage, Australia have won the series almost, um, but it's really been a, a great scrap. And I think, you know, 1-1 heading into Melbourne and then Sydney, it's going to be a great, 
great spectacle. And I think also there's going to be a huge Indian contingent in the crowd in Melbourne and Sydney. So I'm sure Kohli will be doing his hand gestures and trying to fire up the crowd to support the team. So it's going to be great to watch on TV. So I can't wait for the, the Boxing Day opening salvos. Have you, um, have you seen the, the videos of Kohli dancing on the field? Yeah. And have you seen the ones where they're set to Bollywood music? <laughs> no, I haven't seen those. Oh, you've got to find those. They are superb. Okay. Really, they're amazing. They're really good. I mean, that, that, they are is excellent. It, is it Whoever's better than that. Shane Warne's mural? No, no, <laughs> no. It's, we, we, you will have to travel far find something to better. find something <laughs> that will compete with Shane Warne's remarkable mural. I still think about that, and I wonder if it was actually real, but it, it really was. It really was real. Um, one more thing on, on the Brains Trust, we should point out that the sheer lunacy of their statements after the match, Coley saying even if Ashwin was fit, he might have picked four, se four seamers. <laughs> um, just, I mean, you know, I don't know, I don't even know what to say about that. And then Shastri today coming out with apparently Jadeja was injured. So why was he fielding? It, it, it's just, I wonder if something's going on in that, in the whole, in the camp, maybe some disunity and some. You know, a lot of discussion and perhaps some disagreement on what the best team should be. Um, so I wonder if if, if Ravi Shastri is indeed Coley's yes man or not. I don't. I mean, I think it's worse than a yes man. I think he's just actively supporting all of Coley's decisions. You know, I can imagine Coley saying, "Oh yeah, we're going to go in with four pace bowlers," and Shastri going, "That decision was like a tracer bullet." So is he like the Tony Bennett of coaching? He's kind of always there or thereabouts, but what does he really do kind of thing? A figurehead. I think he's like a cheerleader yeah, for Coley, maybe. I think. You know, he's just, he's, and Coley doesn't need a cheerleader. His personal really. coach. I think, Coley has a, <laughs> I think Coley has a very healthy ego and Everyone, a very good well, opinion. Well, that segues in nicely to the Steve Smith Vodafone ad, doesn't it? Oh, Steve Smith. Steve Smith. Something about Steve Smith always makes me feel like he's just not very well adjust, adjusted exactly. to like normal society. So I, don't you I think. Well, I, I totally agree, and I think watching the ad and actually listening to his press conference, he, he did a press conference Friday afternoon, I think. Um, what was interesting during the press conference, he said the ad was supposed to air after the press conference, and they aired, they aired the ad before the press conference, and he didn't really explain it very well. So what it really is is. Steve Smith has been working with this foundation to, you know, raise awareness for men's mental health, which is a, which is a noble and good cause. Um, under the guise of this gutsy is calling um, kind of slogan. Um, and Vodafone are paying him, but he claims he's giving part of it or all of it to charity. Um, and when he answered the question about that, it was kind of muddled. Well, is he giving all of it or some of it? Um, and I just think the way he talked about it, you're right. I just felt he seems a bit... Like he has been in this bubble his whole life, this sort of under 17, under 19, this whole bubble, he's not very well adjusted. Whereas if you look at um, Tim Payne, you know, Tim Payne two years ago was about to join Kookaburra um, as a corporate um, employee. And he spends time with his family. He hangs out. He seems very well adjusted. He's got out of the bubble. I mean, Tim Payne was also in the under 19 team, but he sort of had more life experience and it comes across in his, the way he, his, his presence on the field and the way he sort of knuckles down with the bat. Whereas Steve is just a freak, um, a great player, but I'm not, I, I wonder about his man management and leadership ability. He's like a, one of those greenhouse tomatoes, Steve Smith, isn't he? <laughs> he's like, he's been bred for success. Yeah. Really. And he just can't 
handle himself out in the real world as well as, you know, whereas uh, Tim Payne is more like a weed who's, who's kind of had to fight for everything and, and is, is, resilient. Is, has grown resilient and now is, is flourished and is thriving and, and is, is comfortable in many situations yeah. and can take root anywhere. We'll, we'll end this analogy at this point, perhaps. <laughs> but, but, but you, I mean, I think this is actually a, re, a, a real issue. Are you saying that he's turned, in... he's turned from a grub into a butterfly? <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to go that far just yet, yeah. but, uh, but maybe, who knows? Maybe he'll take flight in Melbourne. But I think, you know, I do believe that this whole experience could be good for Steve Smith. Um, it remains to be seen when he comes back, but I think it's going to be great that he comes back into the team as a player, potentially, and not as a captain. And then I think they'll take a look at how he performs and how, how Tim Payne does. I think he's not a shoe-in to be captain in the future. Um so, I mean, time will tell, right? He's got to play a few games and, and see how he adjusts to it, right? He's always struck me as quite callow, Steve Smith. Um, and I think it's actually a, a, an issue, a real issue for not just Australia, this, the whole kind of bubble mentality that these cricketers are in and they're in from a really early age. And when a, they encounter a little bit of adversity, I think they find it very difficult because they've not had to deal with it at any point any point in their lives they've been kind of you know they're just as you said they're in that bubble and they're told how amazing they are and everything is done for them and they're incredibly entitled as well you see it um you see it to a certain extent in india although i think in india it happens a lot later and many of these cricketers that are in the team have really had to struggle to get into the bubble um but i do think it's an issue um so anyway yeah steve smith with a with a kind of a very strange ad um for vodafone about mental health. Yeah, I think well-intentioned, but not necessarily well-executed. Yes. Well, you're the expert on brand purpose, <laughs> and I think you've got to be careful, right, about, uh, about this, this kind of an ad when you're a company that flogs phones. Okay, I think we should move on now. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, should we t- talk a little bit about the Big Bash? Um, uh, yeah, well, actually, we should. We, before the Big Bash... I know, I know you're itching to talk about the Big Bash, but before that, <laughs> we've got to talk about New Zealand, Darren. I'm sorry. It's bigger than the Big Bash. Uh, is it? I'm sorry. The New Zealand cricket team is, bigger than... is probably now... That's a the... big call. It's the truth, Darren. I'm sorry. New Zealand are on, on fire. Are they going to be nominated and... for one of our test teams of the year in our awards next nominated. week? Nominated? Oh, my gosh. They're not just test team of the year. I think, you know, across the board, they've got strong contenders in every category. Um, so they're fresh from, from, from dethroning Pakistan in the UAE, New Zealand fly back to Wellington with very little turnaround. Yeah. And um, in the end, the match petered out to a draw against Sri Lanka, but not before New Zealand racked up 578, which included Tom Latham, 264, not out. Tommy, yeah. That's just remarkable after... That UAE tour. I think it's the of... highest innings of somebody ever holding their bat through an innings. It just took over Alistair Cook, I think. He was about 260-odd, I believe, before that. Um, yeah, yeah I think holding a right. bat. Um, and then amazing. Kane Williamson with a, a, a very nice 91 off 93 balls. Um, but Sri Lanka survived, thanks to the rain, but also thanks to Angelo Matthews and Kusal Mendis, who became, what is it, just a tenth? pair to bat through a day yeah incredible of test cricket 
So Angelo, Math Angelo Matthews perhaps dispelling some of the question marks around his fitness, Darren. Yeah, so 270-odd in the day, wasn't it, for no wickets? Um, that's a pretty disheartening day if you're bowling at those guys. Um, yeah, Angelo Matthews did do a celebration, didn't he? When he got to 100, he did a, a few um, push-ups on the pitch just to show the show the, the board that he was fit and ready to go. And you can't bat a whole day uh, in summer against that bowling attack unless you're fit. So, so good on him. Yeah, well... I don't think this result is the worst thing for New Zealand. I mean, it meant the bowlers kind of got a day off on the fifth day, yeah. which they would have been happy about, actually, after that fourth day. Um, they've got the next test uh, coming up, on, also on Boxing Day. Correct. Um, in Christchurch. And in fact, this could be the bigger Boxing Day test, Darren. Yeah, okay. You're getting carried away now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're really I getting carried away that. now with the Kiwis. Um, I think let's talk about the BBL, seeing it's already underway. Okay, all yours. What's been happening? So, well, my team, the Brisbane Heat, has played two games and lost two games. So um, I'm thinking about turning off the BBL for the rest of the season now, although it's going to be a long season. It started uh, last week. It's going all the way to February 17, which I think is the longest T20 league in the world. That's two months. Um, and it's going to be competing with the Test Cricket. So it's going to be awesome. You'll have Test Cricket in the daytime and BBL at night. So it's a, it's a cricket watcher's dream. Um and of course, a few innovations this year in the Big Bash, Arun. And I know you like innovation. <laughs> I do like innovation. I do like me an innovation. Um, there's, gonna, there's a bat toss or the bat flip instead of the toy toss. Um, coin toss. Yeah, even. No, no coin toss anymore. <laughs> it's going to be a bat toss or a bat flip, as they're calling it. Um, and that sort of harks back to backyard cricket in Australia, which is a, a sort of a tradition in Australia. So you choose either hills or flats. Um, and then decide if you're going to bat or bowl. So a bit of innovation there for the kids and for other people at home. Another talking point. I think the big bash marketers are great at creating talking points every year around some of the new things they're doing. They tie it in very well with the sponsors and really activate that across all of Australia, which is kind of cool. The other thing I like a lot, and I can't believe no one's done it before, is the Gabba has introduced a batting cage right beside the ground. So when players are getting ready to go out to bat, they're going to hit a few balls uh, in the cage, just like the baseball players do, right? So they sort of get in that form. Can you, you imagine going out with three overs left and you need to smash the ball around? You, you want to be sort of warm there. So that's that's kind of cool. And also the crowd can watch. Great idea. The, can be up close and personal with the players right beside the um, the boundary there to see what, see how they're, they're looking. That's a great idea. I'm amazed no one's done it. It's a great idea. Yeah. So, um, you know, some things I don't like about the Big Bash, you know, there's a few things. I, I kind of hate the two international quota. Um there's only two internationals allowed in each team. Um, I think it's four or five in, in the IPL, which makes it really exciting, doesn't it? Um, and of course, I, I hate the fact that there's no Indian players playing in the Big Bash at all, which I find quite frustrating. Um, I don't know if that will change ever in the future. Um, but and also, the, I, I, I imagine, are there many Kiwis playing in the Big Bash? Well, they're playing in their, their summer season right now, right? Oh, I see. That's, that's also a big loss. Yeah, so, so South Africa too, right? Well. The South African players also have their own summer series, but Colin Ingram, I think, is playing and captaining the Adelaide. I'll tell you what, though. I was listening um, to the women's BBL. Um, there's a lot of Indian players in that. The, they, they did very well. Exactly. So I don't know so why. So I don't understand why yeah. the men can't be involved. It doesn't yeah. make, I mean, I understand this, this tour that obviously the, the international players can't be involved, but there are tons of other Indian players, that, all the T20 oh, specialists. And in fact... This gives us a neat segue 
to the IPL because there's now a whole new crop of unknown Indian players that have attracted big money. There are. Because we had the IPL auction last week, Darren. Um, so, are you going to... Let me tell me who you thought was the strangest purchase in the IPL auction. Tom Curran for a million dollars. <laughs> Sorry. That was a bargain, surely. <laughs> what a year Tom Curran has had. It's actually not Tom Honestly. Curran, is it? It's the other Curran. Oh, sorry. Oops. Oops. It's the greater Curran. It's Sam, Sam Curran, Curran, of course. Yeah, and not the other. There's so, three, aren't there? We can never remember the third Yeah, one. I think Tom Curran, yeah, Sam Curran. Tom Curran is playing in the Big Bash now, and I watched him play, I think, yesterday, and he kind of struggled a bit. Yeah, Sam's not known necessarily as being a T20 player. Uh, he obviously did very well in the Test Series against India, so maybe that's it. Because um, Coley, well, Coley kind of endorsed him, right? So maybe that's, that's the reason. Yeah, but he, also I'd say his skills would suggest he'll do all right. Yeah. I mean, he can bat and bowl. Um, one of the interesting things about this IPL auction was that players that did well against India all seemed to attract a lot of money. Um, so Sam Curran... So Sam Curran's gone being, to Kings Eleven Punjab. Yeah, being the obvious And also to Kings Eleven Punjab is Varun Chakravati. Ah, here we go. The so he's the guy... Yes, he is the guy I thought you might ask me about. So he is a young man, Varun Chakravarti, from Tamil Nadu, uh, a mystery spinner, went for $1.17 million. Um, quite unknown. Claims to have six different variations, which, I don't know, possibly he does. Who knows? Uh, he's played in the Tamil Nadu Premier League, yeah. um, where he... He did take a lot of wickets, but a lot of them were caught on the boundary. Yeah, that's that, and that's a state, a state league, basically, right? He hasn't played it in, in the national first class league, right? So it's um, it's interesting. He's played right? in the limited overs trophy, the Vijay Hazare okay. trophy, right. which is so which is like the limited overs first class competition. So he's played in that, but yeah, he hasn't played for Tamil Nadu, I don't, I don't think, and he hasn't played in in obviously he hasn't played in the IPL. Interestingly, the two captains that bid for him were R. Ashwin. Yeah, at uh, at at Kings Eleven and Dinesh Karthik mm. and Kolkata Knight Riders, both from Tamil Nadu. Yeah, so it's a so Tamil Nadu. Maybe they clique. Yeah, clique. The Tamil, the Tamil Tamil Mafia. Maybe they felt that he was someone they just couldn't miss out on. Um, and then the other players attracting a lot of money, Jaydev Unadkut again. Yeah, so kind of surprising, right? He did okay last season, didn't he? Um, but very consistent. But I think I think the weird thing was that Rajasthan Royals released him, right? Yeah. Uh, and then bought him back again, which I guess they had cold feet or they were worried or they got stressed about it, so they they, they actually bought him back. Well, that's a, that's a charitable explanation of, of financial dealings in the IPL. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if necessarily that's what happened, but yeah, I mean, in, in the absence of evidence to the contrary, I think that yeah. we can we can go with that. Um, Sam Curran, of course, attracting a lot of money in terms of overseas players. Lockie Ferguson from New Zealand yeah. did very well. O'Shane Thomas, Hardesvillian, uh, Lasith Malinga. Um, Indian players, Indian pace bowlers did very well. Ishant Sharma, Mohit Sharma, Mohammed Shami. Um, some youngsters coming through. Prab Simran Singh came coming in at six hundred sixty-six thousand US dollars. Seventeen years old, never played first class and cricket. Lucky dude. T Twenty. Lucky Dubes? Uh, Lucky Dubé. Shivam uh, Dubé. Shivam Dubé, yeah, I must confess, I don't know much about him. Uh, seam bowling all-rounder. 
Yeah, and a 16-year-old uncapped leg spinner, Prayag Rai Barma, mm. who's, uh, who was Bengal's top wicket-taker in the Vijay Hazare Trophy. He went for $200,000. So the thing is, with what you, what you learn about the IPL, a lot of these players do fizzle out. They don't necessarily go on, do they? But I think it's, it gives them a great opportunity. I mean, what, what better? Oh, yeah. I mean, this is a great platform, right? No other platform could you bring these guys from nowhere onto the global stage as they are now and give them the opportunity, right? Some, you might, un, you might un, unearth the next Rashid Khan. Um, you know, Mujib Oraman is doing very well in the BBL and the IPL. They've done well. So, you know, these guys have a great opportunity. Um, so it's, it's pretty awesome. And I think the batting too, Shimron Hetmeyer went for a bunch from the West Indies. He's a very good looking player. Um, close to 600,000, I think. Yeah, a number of West Indians who, who I must confess, I did not know all of the West Indian names. Nicholas Puran. Yeah, the keeper. Uh, Sherfane Sher- Rutherford. Uh, Kimo Paul. And, of course, O'Shane Thomas. Let's not forget, I mean, a lot of the West Indian players now are focusing totally on T20. And, and they've won the World Cup twice. Um, so they're great. You know, they're good T20 players. They focus on it now a lot in the West Indies. They probably fizzled out a bit in the one days and and test matches, but they're really keen to play the T20 tournaments. So, um, yeah, let's see. I think we'll unpack the IPL much later um, as we get closer to the series, right? Just a quick word on the big names. Oh, unsold. the unsold names too, yes. Brendan McCullum went unsold, and I'm not surprised after watching him in the first two games for the Brisbane Heat um, run out last night and out very cheaply in the first game as well. So he, he needs to improve. Um, he's actually in my super coach team. Um so, so I'll be looking to sell him, perhaps. <laughs> that's, a, that's quite sad because he is just, I mean, he was just a fixture in the IPL. You know, he actually launched the tournament with a 158 over a decade ago. So that's true. May, you know, it's the end of, of an era almost. Yeah. Um, others, others that went unsold, Hashim Amla, Morni Morkel, Dale Stain, um, and of course, Cheteshwara Pujara. Despite hitting a six in the test match, I should point out. <laughs> you hit a six and you get in the team. Um, <laughs> Top-edged top one. They all count. Yeah, they all um, count. Okay, so we're going to be back after the Melbourne Boxing Day test, I think, and we're going to be giving out some awards, Darren. Our inaugural Cricket Ultras Awards for 2018. Um, we're not doing them this week because... You know, something might happen in the next week or so uh, in New Zealand or Australia or in the BBL or something might might, might, might be included there. Um, we'll be giving out some great awards, won't we? Yeah, I mean, t- to be honest, I didn't want to do them this week because it meant there'd be too much work. And I thought this week, I'd much rather wait a few days. So we're going to give out awards and, uh... for Muppet of the Year, uh, Sledge of the Year or One Liner of the Year, an Elite Honesty Award, and the normal awards for, you know, uh, you know, team player, coach, captain, all that kind of stuff, batsman, bowler, all-rounder. So look forward to that. Quote of the year, Elite Honesty Awards. You'll catch them on our next episode of Cricket Ultras. Before we sign off, yes. I, did, oh. I did want to rub something in, given the fact that you're based in Hong Kong and I'm based in Shanghai. The Shanghai Dragons cricket team beat Hong Kong CC for the first time ever since 1931 last week. Um, That's my team. Yeah, Hong your Kong team. CC. And so I, I didn't get picked in the Dragons team. I don't know why. I didn't even know they were touring, to be honest. So I'm quite bitter about that. But congratulations to, to Wakar, the captain, and the whole team. Um, the first time since 1931, almost 100 years. Well, 
I guess that just reflects the wider trend, Darren. I, I saw you post something on Instagram yesterday on your stories. You were at the cricket ground? Or oh, that is, doing? that was actually, that is the Hong Kong Cricket Club. I know it That's is. That's where I was. What were you doing? Yeah, so, oh, I was just hanging out. Hanging out uh, on your birthday. <laughs> it was my birthday. I was there for lunch. Nice. I took a walk around the field. I was just trying to visualize my next innings there. <laughs> you know, it's really important to do that, I feel, as, a, as an elite cricketer. It is. Actually, the weird thing is that there was a big sign outside the ground saying, watch out for the snakes. Right. Because a, a, a groundsman was bitten by a snake not long ago. Oh, I thought it was referring to the, to the um, leadership of the Hong Kong Cricket Club. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you thought it was a mystery spinner, maybe. <laughs> With it, with a venomous bowling action. Right. No, I think Hong Kong Cricket Club losing to Shanghai. I mean, that's just that's part of the broader political picture, Darren, <laughs> as you're well aware. I think maybe it's even part of the basic law. Yeah. I, I would also maybe wonder a little bit about that result because the Hong Kong Cricket Club is a very good team now, and Hong Kong is a very good team. And um, I don't know. I'd maybe look at some of the mobile phone patterns <laughs> around the, around that particular game. Um, I don't know, I'm just saying, I'm just putting it out you're there. Just, you're putting it you out, know? just saying, right? Okay, thanks. Just, 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 just a okay, suggestion. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little surprised that Hong Kong Cricket Club didn't win that match. So Shanghai did win the match with a 30-run partnership for the last pair to chase down the total. So make of that what you will. Well, it wouldn't have happened in my day. <laughs> of course not. All right, we'll be back uh, next week. Thank you all for listening. Um, have a great... Christmas to all of our Cricket Ultras listeners. Um, we'll be back soon.